Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. We've been in this series about purpose. Have you ever asked yourself, man, where's my place in this world? What am I doing here? What am I supposed to be doing? And I want to talk to you about it. Now, when I start talking about your purpose, I do not want you to get so like, oh my God, does this mean I got to go in the ministry? Maybe, you know, but probably not. But God wants you to fulfill your purpose. Now, here's what I want you to know, okay? You, and I know like sometimes you think like, you have to say this. I'm not saying this because I have to say this, but I want you to notice, you are super naturally unique. This is the thing, right? And I know how we live because I do say, you know, you ever look in the mirror and what do you usually do when you look in the mirror? You kind of find your flaws. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, you know, guys, maybe not as much, but a little bit, you know, like, hey, I'm a little pudgy over here, you know, you know, kind of got our little thing going on where we do, but you look in the mirror and, you know, sometimes you're like, well, I don't like this and I'd rather have more hair and praise be to God this or that. And a lot of times in life, we feel like, man, why did God make me? Why do I, why am I like this? Why did I, why did I walk through what I walked through? Why do I, why do I have the parents I have? Why do I have this? Why do I have that? Boy, everybody's house looks, you know, grass always looks greener on the other side. I always say you still got to mow it. It's work. Guess what? But everything always looks better, but you are unique. I don't understand all this like scientific stuff. You can go get somebody way smarter than me. They're going to tell you, well, you have, you know, genetics and your DNA and a percentage of your DNA and 1% of your DNA is different than everybody else's DNA. I don't know about all that, but all I know is God put his fingerprint on your life. Made one only you in the earth and we need you in the earth because you're unique with your purpose, your plan and the vision that you have. A couple weeks ago, the Bible says this, the, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you, and the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Why? Because we're a body, and we all, we all been designed for a purpose. You've been designed for a purpose. You got gifts, you got talents, you got abilities. You can do things that other people can't do. There's stuff that only you know how to do. There's, there's, a, there's a vision. Some of you got a calling, and the calling you got, nobody else in the earth can fulfill. And you say, I'm not that special. You are that special. Because God only made one of you and nobody else can do it as good as you. And if, why would you want to be an original and die a copy? Come on, man. I can't, you know, I kid around, but it's true. I tried to be T.D. Jakes. You know, I told everybody, get ready, get ready. Nobody showed up. I don't, it's the truth. I'm being truthful. The guy can preach, man. I watched the one day, he's sitting there and he, they, they said, preach about this. And he preached the whole sermon. It was better than a sermon I could have prepared in three minutes. Why? He's gifted and you can't be Billy Graham. And I never forget Catherine Kuhlman. And a lot of you know Catherine Kuhlman, right? You know, like, just chill. Don't go Googling her. She's a little wild, right? She's kind of eccentric. You know, she's a little flowy, and she, but she was highly anointed. And I never forget this. Chris, she said this one time. She blew me out. She, she's very, very theatrical. She's like, God! She was serious though. He's not looking for golden vessels. Serious, watch her. She's funny, man. It's kind of creepy because Benny looks like her without the dress, right? It's the truth. I'm not being picky. He really does. He flows like her. Same music, same vibe. And he goes, God! She goes, God! He's not looking for silver vessels. 
He goes, God is just looking for yielded vessels. Never forgot that. Because it's true. He ain't looking for supernatural people. He's a supernatural God. He's just looking for ordinary people like me and you yielding to a supernatural God and taking your place in the earth for whatever it is you're called to do. Now, you might say, but I'm not in the ministry. You know, what do you mean the ministry? Maybe God anointed you for business. Some of you got the ministry to give. Some of you got the ministry of helps. There's people in this church have the ministry of helps and nothing would get done in this place without you. It's the truth. Some people got the ministry to give. Without you, we couldn't pay for nothing. Some people, these, some of these guys in here, they're mechanics, man. Yesterday, thing, this guy, ran, he wasn't even qualified to do it. He just ran up there anyway and took care of what? You guys got talents in you I don't know nothing about. Nobody's going to look at a hand and say, I don't need you a foot and say, I don't need you an eye and say, I don't need you an ear. I don't need you. You're important. But I don't do nothing. If you could stand in that foyer and greet people and just love them, they won't forget you. I've had people, and this is the truth, and you might not like it, but it's God's honest truth, and I don't lie about nothing. People said, I don't like him, but I like the greeter in the foyer. And my, if you could find Lauren right now and ask her, it's the God's honest truth. They said that. They said, we don't like this guy, but we like the people. The people were so friendly. I, got, I read it. They read it to me. I ain't got no problem about it. I love it. They said, we do not like him. Him is me. We like the people in the foyer and the friendly people and the nice people and all the other people. But that guy, we don't want nothing to do with. I said, well, praise be to God. Thank you. Amen. Why? Because I want to know what restaurant wouldn't want to know their employees are not killing it. What company wouldn't want, oh, I called the office and they hung up on me. Come on, man. I'm happy. It's okay if you don't like me. I'm glad you like everybody else. Why? Because guess what? You might be, let me tell you something. You might be the last person they see before they walk off the face of the earth in the foyer because I never met them. And oh, I don't think of me as that big. You better start thinking of you that big. But I don't do, you do more than you think you do. The guy at the grocery store that you just say, hey, it's going to be okay. Or the person that you do. And let me tell you nothing. All you guys, like, I went to the football team, you know, last week or whatever week it was. I went to school. I pumped them up. And I started looking at these teachers and the faculty. And I said, man, I'll tell you what. For what they got to deal with, I walked in the building. I had two people. had to talk to a kid. had to talk to somebody else. Had to talk. By the time I left, I'm like, man, that's three people in, in the 20 minutes. You think they're doing this for 40 grand a year? The girls were here from the daycare in the morning, and I know how much, I know so many, these, those teachers, they love God. Miss Cherise and, and, and Crystal's and, and, and loving these kids, and I see these kids when nobody's watching. I see how they respond to these kids, and how they love these kids, and how they talk about Jesus, and how they come here and do chapel. Oh, you're just a child care worker. You've been there teaching chapel. And no, they're what? They're in, you're here, right? You're imparting your life into a generation. It ain't about making your pockets fat. It's about fulfilling your purpose. If that's your passion, do it. I guess other people got other passions. I don't know, but what's your purpose and why are you here? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You always think, who's the guy that preached to Billy Graham? Who's the guy that shared it? Oral Roberts, you go there, because I, I went there, I sat there, and hell, you sit on a bale of hay and video comes on. He went to a tent meeting and got healed of tuberculosis. 
And the next thing you hear is God's voice speaking to him. And it was, the, he, he, it was a video, kind of like, what, and you hear these words, Oral, will you preach my gospel? Who's the guy in the tent meeting that got him saved? I don't know. Lester Summerall was one of the greatest men of God to walk the face of earth. Some of you don't know who he is. Some of you do. He said he was dying. Dying. And Jesus came. And somebody sent him. The preacher. Who's these guys? What are their names? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I don't know. God knows. It's bigger than you think. The one person you share your faith with, the one, the one thing you do, it could change the course of somebody. How'd you get saved? I got a lady, my mother will testify, that lady drove 20-something hours to come to my house. On a, on a, on a, on a, I don't know, on a whatever, on a, I wouldn't have did, I would have not have done it. 24 hours, whatever, to, in a car, to drive, to come to somebody's house, three places you stop, last place was our place, because God sent you on a mission? I said, I don't, God don't hear me. She's like, he will today. God saved in a living room? Because somebody's obedience? Who got you? Who led you? What dad say? What? I don't know how you got. You got a greater purpose than you think. I'm just a nobody. No, you're a Somebody. You're somebody with a journey that only you can fulfill and we need you. And you better start, you got to find your passion like, man, young people or, you know, or this or that. I don't know what it is. We'll talk more about it next week. But I'm like, man, I'm telling you, what gets you going? But here's what happens with this thing, right? You, you, you get going and you, you want to fulfill, and I know, guys, you want to fulfill your purpose. And it's like, Pastor Chris, I'm really trying. And I just, I just, I don't know. And it seems like I'm trying and I stepped out and I, and, and I, and I did it and I don't know. And look at what happened with Hezekiah, because I think this is huge. Just write this down. Sometimes along this journey, you can't feel God's presence. And that's a problem because you don't think God's still in it. And I ask God, just looking at it, this is what happens. God calls you early, but then he leaves out a lot of details. God kind of gives you a glimpse of glory and then leaves you alone. And you're like, oh my God, this is where faith kicks in. Remember when God first told you to connect or God first told you to step out? Sometimes along this journey, you can't feel God's presence. So you think God left. God didn't leave. You ever, you ever have this happen? Like you get, I call it a glimpse of glory. God shows you what you're going to do early so you don't quit in the middle. I told God one time, I said, man, you're kind of mean. You know, I was thinking about David. It was the truth. I said it, whatever. I can't take it back, right? No take backs, right? So I was like, God, why do you anoint David to be king? He's with the stinky sheep. He's overlooked. You all know the story. Go get your sons. The prophet shows up. He goes and gets his sons. He brings all the sons. He must have an inferiority complex because he wasn't invited, even though he was the son. 
All the sons are there. The prophet goes, this guy's ain't it. Where, you got another one? He goes, yeah, I got this David kid. He's a mess. I left him out there in the back 40 with the stinky sheep because he ain't much of anything. He said, hey, go get him. Why? Because these other clowns ain't it. What you see with your eye, I see with the heart. This guy ain't it. And they get this David and David shows up, probably kind of like, hey, what's up? You know, nobody's ever called me. I never get invited to anything. And he goes, oh, that's the one. And he pours oil all over him and anoints him to be king. I don't know about you, but that's a good story, right? David's probably puffed up, like, I'm a king, man, praise God, right? I'm going to be a king. I'm the king, right? Ain't nobody around. And David goes, now what? Where's my throne? Where's my castle? Where's my spot? And his daddy goes, go back to the sheep, kid. Go back to the sheep and do what? Hang out with them stinking sheep and walk around. I, I would have been talking, don't you know I'm the king? Bah, I'm the king. Bah, right? Like, what's the story here? Don't you know I'm the king? I've been anointed king. I'm still greasy from what he put on me. Come on, somebody. Right? I'm the king. I'm working for this thing. No, God, what? It looks like God forgot about him. I said, you're mean, God. So I told God, I said, you're mean. I said, why would you do that to him? I said, why'd you do that to me? Why'd you give me a glimpse of glory? And then it seems like 20 years goes by and nothing seems like it's that. Why is heaven so quiet? Why'd you even tell me in the beginning? And I never forget what God said to me. He said, the only reason why I told you in the beginning is so you wouldn't quit in the middle of it. Because if you didn't know it was there, you would have quit. And I thought about you guys. I know what it's like to take a step of faith, look like none of it's working. I know what it looks like when you got to walk by faith and not by sight. I remember when none of you were here. And I had to believe that God called us to do something here. And I don't want to even tell you how many times they're like, you're going to do that where? You're going to do that in Daytona Beach? Why there? I was like, I don't know. That's where God sent me, man. I don't know. Whatever. God knows what he's doing. He God. But are you getting the process but look what it says about Hezekiah, because I like this. And I want you to make it first person just for a minute. Hezekiah stops up the water, and the water got redirected to the city of David. And look what it says. Hezekiah succeeded in everything he did. You ever been there? Like, things are rolling. You ever had a good season? Things are just rolling and it's working and things are good and everything's happening or it's just like a successful season or you go through some opposition but it isn't that big of a deal watch this Ooh, I like this. And so in the matter of time he went to send and inquire and wonder what happened and God left him alone only to test him in order to know everything that was in his heart you ever feel like God left you alone? You ever feel like you're alone and you don't know why you've been left alone? Let leave that up there just for a minute. Let them see it. Because they need to, what? Because God, watch this. He says, and God left him alone to test him. Now, God doesn't test you with evil. God doesn't, God, write this down. I'm going to tell you stuff. And the stuff I tell you today, I don't even want to share with you because if you don't value it, I'm not going to talk. They'll step in this room the minute I start telling because these are secrets. You know what God's greatest test is? Silence. Jesus demonstrated it on the cross. The only time Jesus ever cried in his life out to God was the time heaven became silent. 
Where are you, my God? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The moment God disconnected his presence from Jesus, Jesus screamed out. Pain never made him scream out. Brutally being destroyed, humanly possible, never made him scream out. The enemy never made him scream out. But the second God's presence left his life, he was unknown of where he was. He wasn't in unbelief, but he was tested greater than ever before. Silence is God's greatest test. Because in silence, you've got to walk by faith. Nothing saying anything. So Hezekiah's alone. And he's getting tested. And the Bible says he tried his heart to see what was in it. You ever notice that sometimes your lowest moment, the real you shows up? You ever see like you got it all together, but then pressure shows up? Ever, ever, you ever see you like you really, you know, you really got it together and then all of a sudden it shows up and now the you shows up? <laughs> Come on, sometimes it ain't pretty. Sometimes down deep on the inside, we haven't been cultivated through certain testings because we haven't really faced off with some stuff. So maybe just in this quiet season, we're working on things called character. So when the proper season shows up, we can maintain the blessing that God has given us. Remember when you wanted to get married? All the married people? Come on now. Remember when you thought you had your act together? And then you had the other person showed up that didn't have their act together? And the both of your acts came together at the same time? Okay, want to lie in church in this section? Let me go over here. All right. Remember when, you, remember when you thought this was a good idea? It's still a good idea. But you remember when the honeymoon is over and the real you showed up? Come on, let's get yes, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, like, oh, hi, honey. And then you woke up and then, hey. And now all of a sudden, the real you is here. And like, you weren't like that when we were dating. Yeah, I know why. Why we can hide it long enough until sooner or later the real you comes out. You ever see people in a pressure moment? Why? What am I trying to get you to see? In this place of going from where you are to fulfilling your purpose, there's going to be some quiet seasons. And the only reason why you got a quiet season, God gives you a glimpse of glory. But the only reason why it gets quiet is because he's working on your character. And as he's working on your character, it is not for pressing you. It is not for pushing you. It is not for demoralizing you. It is not. He's just getting you ready to handle the glory that's getting ready to hit you. And that's why nobody likes the process, but it's up to us to walk through it because it ain't no fun. How you? I remember I told you, man, they were talking about me in town. I know who they are too, right? And I was like, bro, man, you know, sometimes you just want to smack people, but you can't. So you got to be holy and act right. And I was like, God, why in the heaven? I, I know they're talking about me. They are the preachers. I, I know they're talking about me. I was trying to get them in a cage fight, but it didn't work. But Mike told me not to do that. <laughs> Where's Mike? Mike said, that's not, not a good idea, Pastor Chris, for you to go in a cage fight. It could be good. It could really get some revenue, right? Well, Elon Musk is doing it with Zuckerberg, maybe, and they're going to make a billion dollars. Praise be to God. Maybe I can make a couple bucks wrestling these guys. All right, just kidding. Catch up, will you? Right? Why do I got to hear my critics? It's bad you talking about me. I could care less, but why do I got to hear it? And I asked the Lord, I said, why do I got to hear it? You've heard me say this before. Why do I got to hear it? Because if you don't hear it, how are you going to walk in love? How are you going to bless those that curse you unless somebody cuss you out? How are you going to do good to somebody that despitefully uses you if ain't nobody using you? 
Instead of looking at people like problems, look at them like seeds to sow. You know what I'm saying? Don't let them get over on you. Bless them. I had somebody lose some money. You know, somebody took the money. Somebody got robbed in their company, a little bit of money. It was, it was a couple of grand. I said, now listen, they said, if I go after them or I go do this or I go do that, blah, blah. I said, okay, what do you want to do? They said, I think I'm, I'm just going to let them have it. I said, no, don't have it. Sow it. Sow it like a seed. Say, I sow this into your life. Call that joker up, the thief, and say, you were a thief. Yes, amen, we understand it. But I'm going to sow that $5,000 into your life like a seed. You didn't take nothing from me. I just gave it to you. Use that thing and get something out of it. Come on. That's what I do with the people that get mad in here too. Want me to tell you a preacher secret? I don't let them just leave because they're mad. I sow them like a seed. I said, oh, I sowed you. So if I ever call you up and say, I sowed you, you're getting, tra- you're getting traded. I'm starting to run this thing like an NFL football team. Free agents, trades. If you guys don't act right, some of you are going to be on the what? The list, and you're going out the door. No, I'm just kidding. Relax. Will you smile a little bit? Gosh, keep it up, will you? Listen, point number two, write it down. It's going to help you. I'm not trading none of you guys. You guys are the best. It's up to you to discover God's plan for your life. We got a colorful bunch in here, don't we now? Praise God. It's up to you to discover God's plan for your life. Why? It's a discovery. It's not like you wake up one day. You know, you go to these companies and they, I got these guys and they work in these companies and they, they got this aptitude test, you know? Like, um, it's like $30,000 to take this test to understand job placement. Some of you have actually gone through this thing. Excuse me. And I was like, why would you spend $30,000? Because it's like, it's going to cost us 100 grand to train somebody. So we try to weed them out quick. Some of you know what I'm saying. You had to take that test. That test is showing people where it is. Well, guess what? There's no discovery test. Well, God, it's a process. So it's, he speaks, you obey. He speaks, you obey. He speaks, you obey. But look at this scripture. This is really important. I think you need to pull this thing in your heart and check this out. A person may have many ideas concerning God's plans for his life, but only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. His purpose, meaning God's purpose. Do you see that? I have many ideas concerning God's plan for my life, but only God's design for my purpose will succeed. So the question is, have I been checking in? Now, I know that seems like a stretch. Like, what do I do? Tell God, where do I go today? How do I? No, what you do is this. You start checking in like, God, make, make sure. You know what, God? I got an idea, but okay, think about the big decision. What house do you buy? Right? What, what, what car do we do? What this do we do? What do we do with the kids? What do we do with the future? Have you been checking in with God? Because you're going to remember this. Look at the next point. This is really big. Jesus wants to be the center of your attention. That's what he wants. Is he the center of your attention or is he an afterthought? Are we checking it? Look at your relationships. Are your relationships God-centered? Are your friends God-centered? Are the people you're hanging out with God-centered? I'm just asking questions, guys. Look, because let me tell you something about Jesus. He wants to be first. You know, when you, 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 ever, you ever do this, like, you know, you're, you, you know, you love God, and then you get married, and you have kids. And I tell you right here now, when I got, we, you know, we got married, we had kids, I'm like thinking, like, I love the kids more than I love God. You'd be lying if you said you didn't. You'd die for them kids. Walk in front of traffic for them kids. People, I don't know about, but them kids... You know what I'm saying? And maybe your kids, I'll tell you right here now. Man, I went fi- I ever tell you that story? I went fishing, a little joker fell in the water, and it was freezing, man. You were with me. Oh, Henry kid, that little joker was going under. 
I got my key fob in my top pocket. That's how under the water I had to go, go get this kid. All of a sudden, we're fishing. He's going under, and he's going under. He's over there, man. Bro, key fob, wallet thing, fishing pole in the air. I dove and grabbed the kid, snatched him by his head, pulled him up. I was like, dude, I'm freezing. It's like freezing in this water. And I'm going, and he's, he's gasping for air. I was like, oh, my God. They're like, dude, you sad. I was like, man, you don't even think. You just activate. It's a little kid, man. What's wrong with you? These morons now, they're videoing everything. People drowning like, look, look, what are stupid people, right? Put your phone away, go save somebody, right? And I really did. The car didn't work. Some of you know, the fob got wet, the thing didn't work. I'm trapped at the house. I'm going, oh my God, this is great. But I said, what, do you think I cared? A little kid. Are you getting what I'm saying? I know how you love your kids. You love, I said, God, no. And God said, no, 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 no. I'm not warped and I want to take your love off that. I just want to be first because guess what? Without me, you wouldn't have that kid. Without me, you wouldn't have your kids. Without me, you wouldn't have your husband that you love so much and your wife you love so much and those kids you love so much and your parents you love so much. Without me, you wouldn't have the family. Without me, you wouldn't have breath in your, without me, you wouldn't have anything. Without, who is number one? And then the famous words of Ricky Bobby, if God ain't first, he's last. Come on. He's got to get first. How does he get first? You constantly yield. You yield to the plan. You yield to the purpose. You start, you check in. Husbands and wives, is this the plan of God for my life? Is this where God, oh, I'm single, I don't know. No, you know what to do. A lot of you, that's where you get messed up in your relationships. Here we go, right? What do you mean? Well, is God the center of your life? Because if God is not the center of the people I relationship with, we're going to have a problem. Because your standard of thinking and my standard of thinking are two different things. And now we got a problem because until God's word is the final authority in your life, because it's the final authority in my life, we got a problem here. Because there ain't no buts about the Bible. I'm just telling you. Look right here. He wants to be the center. Look at what he said here in Mark 12, 29. Jesus answered and said, the most important commandment is this. What? The Lord your God is one God. And you are to love your one God. Listen to this. With every passion of your heart. That's, that's a lot. With all the energy of your being. With every thought that is within you. And with all your strength. That's the greatest and supreme commandment. Did you see that? That's a lot. You know, there's no like test for this, like how far are you in? But how about this? You just start checking in with him. That's all. That's all you do. Just check. Are you getting this? On a car ride to work tomorrow, just be like, hey God, am I on the journey you want me to be in? Am I fulfilling the purpose you got for me? How do I take this business to another level for the purpose of God? How do, what, I don't know what you're doing, whatever you're doing. Like some of you, I know you do. Right? A lot of you don't know. I don't know. Are you, are you reaching out to who you're supposed to be reaching out to? Are, are, you, are you evangelizing who you're supposed to be evangelizing? Are, are you going to church doing what you're supposed to be? I don't know. It's not my journey, but ask. Maybe there's something for me to do. Maybe there's nothing. Maybe I'm right where I need to be. But how about this? The Bible says, I order my steps like this. But God, he might have a different plan. So you might just be recalculating and putting you in a different direction. Why? Because this is important. Write this down. Look at this. Life on earth is a test. And this test is going to purge your character. This test is going to purge your character. You've got to realize this. Why is God processing me the way he's processes me? Because of the plan of God for me. 
Ain't everybody in this room, Joseph, wake up. You guys know this. It, nobody in this room is a Peter. Guess what? It's not, you might not be David. What am I trying to say? Not everybody's journey's the same. You go through what you go through sometimes in life because of the call of God upon your life. You don't have to go through somebody else's thing. Some of you in here, right, maybe you went through a brutal divorce. Okay, stop. I'm not trying to rehash old pain, but you can help the guy next to you that's going through it or the girl going through it. Some of you have been bankrupt and resurrected from the dead. Guess what? You got a testimony that other people don't have. Some of you were high for a decade, man. You didn't even remember a decade of life. And there's somebody in here today, and you beat it, and you could say, man, let me tell you, that test I had to go through became a testimony, and I can tell you today, you might not know how to get out, but I'm a walking, living proof that God can get you out. You don't go through nothing for nothing. You go through it for something and somebody else. Now, God didn't bring it. Some of you went through grief. I got people in here today. They got the wind knocked out of them, man. They don't know how to walk through this grief, but you did it. God doesn't waste pain. He don't waste tears. You can help one person change their life because you make a commitment to fulfill your purpose. I'm not saying God brought it, but God's going to use it. And the only thing God's going to use, he ain't going to use you. He's going to use you to help other people. That's the God he is. Look what it says right here in James chapter 1. If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life difficulties, you will continue to experience untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith. See it? And then what happens? You receive the crown of victory. Right? Because why? Because God loves you. Come on, man. Come on. This is what it's about. Look at this next verse. You're going to love this. Well, this, they, they get better, they get worse. Right? Check this out. Proverbs chapter 3, 23. They give you what? They, the word of God gives you a living hope to guide you. When you don't know what to do, go to the word. What's the word say? Hey, listen, this is how you do this. You might not know your eternal purpose overnight, but if you start walking out the purpose of the word daily, it'll become more clear. Can I ask you a question? The word of God is a lamp unto my, and a light unto my. It shows me where I am, and it shows me where I'm going. If I had a flashlight right here, right, light unto my feet, shows me where my feet are, light unto my path, shows me where to go. What happens if I do this? The word of God. Don't shut the light off. Stay in the word. Stay close to the word. It'll lead you. And the next thing you know, your purpose will start becoming clearer, but you got to walk out the word. Don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the words you hear. So you got to start walking in the will of God. How do I find the will of God for my life? I start following the known will of God in the word. I stay in the known will of God in the word, then I fulfill the known will of God in my life. It's like a process, okay? But look at this right here. Look at this Proverbs one. They give you a living hope to guide you, and not one of life's tests will cause you to stumble. Stay close to that word, and you ain't going to stumble. Come on, man. I know it. Well, I feel like I'm stumbling. A good man. What Donnie McClurkin say? Y'all don't know that song? Who knows it? We fall down. But we get up. That's a real bad Donnie McClurkin impersonation. Don't try that at home. But that's what Donnie said, didn't he? Come on, man. 
It's the Bible. A good man will fall down seven times. But what's he do? He gets back up. What's the champion do? My buddy came this week, right? We were talking about boxing. He's old school. You're going to like him, right? He's legit too, right? He come. Dennis was with me. He like, pass it. Come on. And I said, you hit me because you're too big, bro. I said, swear to God, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you in the head with the pulpit. You're a big man. I'm fragile. Do not hurt me. He's like, come on. Ha. Ha. Swinging. I said, dude, if that guy hits you, you're in trouble, right? We were talking about a champ. I started thinking about a champion. I said, what was it like getting in the ring, hitting them big old guys, heavyweight champs of the world? He said, they're strong, Pat. They got me. I hit one, I knocked them. I hit one, he knocked. And I said, man, I said, he said, you just got to get up. I said, that's it, right? That's the heart of a champion. He gets, he gets knocked in the head, but he gets back up. Gets back up. Get back up. Get up. That's what a champion does. Don't lay on the mat. Get up. So you got punched in the head. Who hasn't? Life will punch you in the head. You got knocked down. Get up. So you, so you, so you had a bad defeat. Get up. So you had 20 years of problems. Get up. It's time to get up and get back on your purpose wagon. Don't quit just because, oh, somebody stopped loving you. What, who qualified that ding dong to tell you what love is anyway? Come on. Well, you know, my mama told me. Your mama didn't have no PhD in common sense. D don't get mad at me. You got, well, you're holding on to words from 60 years ago, from somebody 40 years ago. What qualified them? Did they, they, they got a PhD in God? Look, man, I know what I'm dealing with in here. Why don't believe in me? I didn't believe in me. You said, Pastor Chris, you didn't believe in you? No, I went to Bible school. I'm like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I was like, I'm supposed to go here? Man, first week there, everybody, this is what I'm going to do, and that's what I'm going to do. And my mother was here when the auto rodeo show showed up. This guy's going to do that, and that guy's going to do this. I'm like, I don't even know if God can use me, bro. I think I'm half saved. I mean, I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and I was living right, but I definitely ain't cut out for this. I said, this is not no, 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 no. And all of a sudden, God's like, no, you. I'm like, me? No, I don't want to do that. No, you. No, 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 go get the other guy. What am I trying to tell you? You don't know the end in the beginning. Just keep taking the steps. Just take the steps. Just take the steps. And if you get excited about it, keep taking more steps towards it. Just take a little steps. Little steps. Little steps. And some of you are like, I don't want to take no steps. I'm, I'm, I'm retired. Guess what? Moses had to start taking steps at 80. You ain't retired, bro. It's time to refire. Let's go. Come on. Pop came in here today. Pop showed up in the back. That joker is 97 years old. Do you know that? I don't want to call him out. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 97. I said, lay hands on me. I said, what's the thing? He says, I eat two donuts in the morning, cake donuts. I'm writing it down. Two cake donuts and a swig of coffee. I said, praise be to God, I'm in. 97. 97. I'm going to ask him every week he comes, what else do I do? Two cake donuts. Start eating cake donuts. They work. I don't know. 97 years old. I said, tomorrow, man, we eat for lunch. I'm going to eat exactly what he eats. You think I'm kidding? Watch, I'll be around. I'm kidding. Come on, get it. He, what? He ain't done. He ain't done. 97 years old, sharing his faith. Loving Jesus, learning about the Lord, and you what? You 60 and retired. Two more years, I'm out of the company. You better wake up, bro. 
There's the rest of your life ahead of you. And you can reach people nobody else can reach because you got it. All right, whatever, I know. Look at this. Here's a good one. You ready for this one? Oh, God. This one, I didn't like this one. This one hurt. Look at this. Psalm 105. This one hurts. So God, you ever knew this? Why did Joseph have to stay in the pit? Because God was working on his character. Oh, I'm going home. I'm leaving. I'm walking out. God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dream to come true. How many of you still got that dream? You got that dream? Well, maybe God's still working on your character. Woo! Why? So when the dream shows up, you can walk in it. You got the faith for it. Look, guys, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to tell you right here now. Woo, you're going to love this. Okay, 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 okay. Check this out. This is, this is how it flies. Why in heaven am I going through this process? And God goes, I'm purging you till the promise comes to pass. So when it gets here, you can handle it. Look at your life. Stop, pause. I'm talking to you right now. Look at your life now compared to 10 years ago. You couldn't do what you're doing now the way you're doing it, at the level you're doing it, if you didn't walk through the process of what you went through, you ain't even freaking out. You used to freak out about 20 bucks. Now some of you are hanging on a 20 grand a day. Come on, you see what I'm saying? You used to get mad and flipped out. Somewhere, the other day, the thing, that ceiling thing fell in, these guys were here, I'm like, who cares? The other day they come to me, you need five million bucks. It's like, ah, God's got it. So I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're like, you think you're wacky. Like I look in the mirror sometimes and go, I don't know what happened to you but you are a different you than you were 10 years ago. Why? Because I know he's faithful. I know I can trust him. I can't see him. I can't trace him. I don't know where he is. But guess what? I noticed. You know what I told him the other week? And you were here. I said, if I drop dead and go to heaven and you didn't do it, I'm going to go to heaven, tell you you didn't do it, send me back to the earth, let me get it done, and then I'll come back when I'm ready. You say, you're arrogant. No, what it is, is I'm learning that what? You can trust them when you see them. You can trust them when you don't see them. You can trust them when you can't trace them. You can trust them when he's there. You can trust them when he's gone. You can trust them when they say you can't do it. You can trust them. Why? Because I've been what? Processed by his faithfulness. So no matter, God gave me a glimpse of glory. It'll come to pass. As long as you don't faint. Just don't faint. Did I run? Some seasons. Sometimes you crawl. Just don't stop going after that promise because whatever God promised you, it's going to come to pass. You don't know when and you don't know how. And don't try to figure out the when or the how or the what he's going to do because he's going to blow your mind. He's going to blow your mind. But just know this. I got something in me I got to fulfill before I leave the earth. It's called your assignment. And your assignment's not my assignment. And people will not understand your assignment. And I'm going to say something. It's, it's your assignment is your dream. Joseph had a dream. I don't think he should have shared it. That's just my personal opinion. Why you got to tell everybody? Just shut up. Maybe it would have been easier. I don't know. None of my business. I'm just going to tell you this. Only share your dreams with people that are carrying your heart. I know what some of you do. You share it and people look at you like and they try to get around somebody who's so big, man. When you start talking about it, they make it bigger. Don't go where you're tolerated. Go where you're celebrated. 
I know that seems like a cliche thing to say, but you know what I'm saying? A lot of you just hang around people that tolerate you. Get out of that environment. Go somewhere where somebody forces you to dream even bigger. Because there's big inside of you. Big is not what you do. Big is who you are. And what happens is you got this dream and you hold on to this dream and sometimes this dream looks like it's so far away. But I got news for you. As long as you don't let it go, God will make come to pass everything he promised you because he is faithful. I'm going to leave you with this and next week we'll talk about this a lot more because I need you to hear this because this is what some of you want to just say, but I messed up and I'm going to talk about it next week. I messed up. I messed it up. I walked away. I left it alone. I didn't want to fulfill it. I don't want to fulfill it. I got news for you. Nothing you're going to do is going to stop what God started in your life as long as you just get back up again and start walking towards it. That's what people think. They say, look at a David. Look at a Peter. Look at a Joseph. Look at these guys. They're not... See, God never took the humanity out of the Bible to show you that he doesn't use just perfect people. He uses saved people. He didn't say to Peter, you're done, you're disqualified. He finds him on the seashore and he says, Peter, go build my church. That's what I told you to do. Just because you got messed up on the journey doesn't mean I stopped calling you to be what I called you to be. So nothing can take away your... The Bible says it like this. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. That means he doesn't just take them away because you didn't perform right. And destiny's always screaming inside you. So you took a 20-year daylight. Moses took a 40-year detour. Who's to say you can't get right back up where you started and finish this thing God's got for your life? Just remember this. And I'm going to leave you with this right now. Nobody can fulfill your purpose on the face of the earth but you. It's your assignment. And you might say, I'm not that important. I'm telling you today you are. And when you see heaven and I see heaven, Jesus is going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the next question I have is, what did you do with what I gave you? There's a story in the Bible of people with talents. He said, this guy gave out talents and it's coins. It was money. But he said, it's like gifts. You can use it like whatever you want. Let's just say it was stuff. Even that, you're right. You got D. He said, what'd you do with it? He said, I stuck it in the ground and I buried it. I knew you were a hard man. He goes, what did you do with it? He goes, I did a little bit. He goes, what did you do? The last guy said, man, I tripled it. He said, you did great. He said, you'd have buried your talent in the ground. He goes, take away what he had. Because you squandered it. Don't squander what God gave you. Because he only gave it to you. He didn't give it to anybody else. He considered you to be qualified to carry it, so now you must take the responsibility and do it. I don't know what it is you're called to do. I'll pray for you. I'll believe God with you. I'll expect you. I'll help you. I'll coach you. I'll walk with you. I'll do whatever I got to do. I'll throw you on my back and carry you if I could. But here's what I want you to know. Only you can do it. And he gave you gifts and talents nobody else has. Nobody else can be you. You know, I had a teacher at Raymond. I'm done. But he said this. I didn't understand. He said, God takes his anointing and puts it on your personality. Why do you want to be somebody else when there's only one of you in the world? So God's got a personality and you takes his anointing and puts it on you and that makes you the only you in the world. Why do you want to be somebody else? Be you because we need you and your journey is maybe just beginning, but fulfill it. You're important. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these precious people. I thank you, Lord, that they're going to do and fulfill everything you call them to do because they can and they will. I thank you, Lord, for leading them, guiding them, helping them, walking with them, rearranging what you're doing in them. And I thank you, Lord, for, for goodness and mercy, not only just walking with them, but helping them understand their purpose has to be achieved and you can do it in them.
Thank you, Lord, for leading them and guiding them and helping this purpose, this God-given purpose, not only just be revealed, but let it be discovered and let them walk in it greater than ever before. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.